Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Monday, December 27th, 2021. I am Dave Biddle, flying solo on this edition of the show. Hope everyone had a great Christmas and is having a great holiday season. A lot to get into on the show today. Let's start with the Buckeyes getting a Christmas present. Literally on Christmas Day, Diamante Traynham announced he will transfer from Arizona State to Ohio State. He will play linebacker for the Buckeyes. Young man that was a superstar, Akron Hoban, led his team to three straight state championships while at Akron Hoban and was one of the top running backs in the nation in the 2020 class and was a four-star prospect and committed to Arizona State the summer before his senior season. So it was the summer of 2019. Ohio State was looking at him as a linebacker and uh, he wanted to play running back. And uh, so he decided to go to Arizona State. Interestingly enough, when Ohio State, they got the, the silent verbal from B. John Robinson in that 2020 class, the running back, not Texas, of course. And then he backed out of it, and then they were kind of in scramble mode. They did kind of go back after Diamante Trainum as a running back, I'm told, uh, about the same time they started going after Mayan Williams in that class. Mayan Williams was uh, committed to Iowa State. They were able to get Mayan Williams to flip. Diamante Trainum stuck with his Arizona State commitment. Uh, but now after two years, he will be a Buckeye. And there's a good thread on the front row message board with his highlights uh, from high school. And Tell you what, he looked, he was a very good running back in high school, but even watching his film, you can tell linebacker is what he's made to do. A lot of steel chambers in his game. So it's going to be very interesting if <laughs> the two best linebackers on the team are uh, converted running backs. But uh, hey, depth is good. Even if he's not one of the top two linebackers on the team right away, um, depth is good. And I, I have a strong feeling he's going to play a lot of football right away for the Buckeyes in 2022. Um, they got steel chambers coming back. They've got Cody Simon. They've got some other guys, Tommy Eichenberg. Uh, Maybe EA Natiote can get in there as well. But, um, you know, getting trained is a big-time get. So, uh, very happy about that. All right, the Buckeyes arrived in Pasadena last night and really in L.A. They don't, they don't arrive in Pasadena until they actually have to go to the game. Um, Buckeyes arrived in L.A. last night. Let's talk about the confidence level we have in this game just five days away. That feels good to say. Just five days away, we're going to have Buckeye football again. And I'm feeling pretty confident. You know, I think uh, Utah's a very good team. Ohio State struggled with physical teams this year, and Utah is a physical team. But, you know, and I've said this, I said this last week on the show, um, you know, being over at Ohio State a couple weeks ago for what they call on-campus bowl media day, I got the impression Ohio State's players are highly motivated for this game. They're sick of being called soft. They don't want to end their season with two straight losses. So um, Utah's not going to be facing an Ohio State team that's unmotivated, in my opinion. Now, Utah... There's no doubt they're going to be motivated, and they're a good team. This is their Super Bowl, I and mean, their fans are treating this like, the, like their national championship game because it really is. They've never even played in the Rose Bowl before. This is as good as it gets for them, so they're going to be highly motivated. And uh, But Ohio State's the more talented team, and I think they're going to get it done. I, I really do. I think you know the Michigan game was a bit of a fluke, in my opinion, um, just with everything that kind of came together for the Wolverines, everything. I mean, you think about the weather played into their hands. You know, their fans were into it. Give them credit. A lot of times it's not that, you know, much of an intimidating environment. Uh, their fans got into it this year. Um, you know, Ohio State was dealing with the flu. Sounds like excuses, but I just think it was the perfect storm for Michigan. I don't think 
that one game is indicative of this entire Ohio State team. Give Michigan credit. They were the better team that day. They kicked Ohio State's butt. Nothing you can do about it except take the L and just wait till the Buckeyes get another chance at them. And I think the Buckeyes are going to exact revenge in a big-time way in 2022 over Michigan. As much smack as they've been talking, um, just kind of just, just, you know, just wait for it, as they say. Just wait for it. It's coming. they got to come to the horseshoe this next time uh, for the first time in three years, actually, we'll have to come to the horseshoe. Well, first time in four years, they'll come to the horseshoe. Last time coming to the horseshoe was 2018. So looking forward to that. No doubt about it. But I am. I'm confident in this Ohio State team. Uh, I don't think it's going to be a blowout by any means. Buckeyes are favored by six and a half. You know, I think I'll probably pick them to win by about seven, maybe ten. So barely covering the spread. But I do think um, I think Ohio State's going to get the job done and beat Utah on New Year's Day. All right, opt-outs. Let's talk about opt-outs. Um, Garrett Wilson is the one I continue to hear about. Um, I've been told there could be a couple others. We'll see. Maybe some guys are still in wait-and-see mode. Maybe Chris Olave still in wait-and-see mode. I tend to think he's going to play. He's only a couple hours away from his hometown. He grew up in the San Diego area, went to high school there. Now just a couple hours up the road in LA, his family could come see him. You know, he needs like 60 plus yards to reach a thousand yards for the season. He's never reached a thousand yards in a season. That'd be a nice mantle to go out on. Um, also, he would join uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba and Garrett Wilson as a thousand yard receivers this year for Ohio State. Ohio State's never had two guys until this year reach a thousand yards receiving in the same year. They already have done that. Now they might have three guys reaching the same year. So we'll see about Chris Olave. I hope he plays. I think he will. You know, some other guys, maybe, you know, keep an eye on Haskell Garrett. Um, I think some of these guys, maybe um, there might be some guys on the fence from what I've been told, but the fact that, you know, certain guys made the trip, I think that says a lot, Um, but I'm hearing Garrett Wilson will not play. Um, And I don't fault Ohio state for not making that official. Why, you know, you don't need to tell Utah that make him think there's a chance he could, he could play, but I'm hearing Garrett Wilson will not play. And I do not fault him for that. If this was the playoff, he would be playing if this was the playoff. He knows he's going to be a first-round pick. Um, thankful for all that Garrett Wilson did, but um, I understand his decision. Um, again, he has not made this official when I say his decision. This is just what we're hearing from multiple sources, that he will not play. So hopefully he's the only one. If he's the only one, the Buckeyes will be more than fine. It'll also give guys like Emekek Buka and Marvin Harrison Jr. and Julian Fleming and some of these guys, I mean, Jaden Ballard, um, guys that are going to be integral parts of this team next year because – not only will they not have Garrett Wilson, they're not going to have Chris Olave next year. We know that. He's a senior. He's leaving. He could come back technically since last year didn't count, but he's not going to. Um, I'm still surprised he came back this year. And what a smart move it was. I think he probably would have been a mid-second round pick. Now he'll be a first round pick. So um, good decision by Chris Olave. And uh, what a great kid, too. So, um, But I'm looking forward to seeing some of these young guys. Um, Jackson Smith and Jigba, of course, is going to be the main guy next year you can say he was the main guy this year it's really the earth wind and fire all three of them that jackson smith and jigba stats just jump off the page at you 80 receptions over 1200 receiving yards with still a game to go so he's going to be the man next year he'll probably he says he, he might stay in the slot might go outside might play both um it doesn't really matter he's going to be a stud next year but i'm looking forward to guys like emeka Egbuka and uh, marvin harrison jr especially those two i'm very high on those two so uh, uh we'll see what happens but i think Egbuka is going to uh, make a big dent as a kick returner next year. We saw that a little bit this year. Um, then he got banged up or got sick, whatever the deal was, where Julian Fleming had to fill in for him. And Julian Fleming looked like a fish out of water trying to return kickoffs. Um, not a good way to start the Michigan game there. They also started the Michigan State game with a muffed kickoff um, by Julian Fleming, but that didn't matter. They were able to do whatever they wanted against Michigan State, which was probably like the worst thing that could have happened to Ohio State was blowing out Michigan State like that. 56 to seven. I mean, they probably thought they could walk on water after that. And the Michigan game was the very next week. They went up there overconfident, in my opinion. Easy to say that now, but I have no doubt that was the case. All right. Now, we're, we've been talking a lot about 
Jim Knowles taking over as defensive coordinator, you know, starting January, the day after this game, he will start as Ohio State's defensive coordinator. In fact, he's, you know, he's already, I believe he's in Columbus already because he's not coaching Oklahoma State. I think he's even, you know, maybe looking for a house or whatever he's doing. I think he's, he's not in Columbus full-time. He's at least been here and will be here full-time very soon. But the biggest thing is he's taking over Ohio State's defense. And while we've talked about it a lot, I still don't think we've talked about it enough. This is absolutely huge. It's exactly what I wanted. I wanted a guy to come in here that could take these four and five stars and the sprinkling of three stars that Ohio State has and coach them up. This is way too talented of a defense to look like they did against Oregon, to look like they did against Michigan, to look like they did pretty much all of last season, 2020. And then, you know, it's just to have to switch defensive coordinators midstream like they did this year. It just, hey, I think Matt Barnes, you know, giving given the hand he was dealt, did pretty well. I mean, yeah, he had talent at his disposal, but when you're all of a sudden taking over as defensive coordinator entering the third game of the season, you don't have the preseason to install your defense. What a mess. But Jim Knowles, I can't say enough nice things about him. He takes over an Oklahoma State defense that was terrible. Each year they got significantly better during his four years, to the point that right now Oklahoma State, a program that we all know is known for all offense and no defense, this year Oklahoma State, the number three total defense in the country. Number three total defense in the country with mostly three-star guys. They don't have any five-stars on that defense. They maybe have a sprinkling of four-stars. It is vast majority three-star guys that he's developed and coached up over the last four years, and now they're the number three total defense in the country. I also think he did a good job at Duke during his eight years there. Um, you know, they, they weren't, uh, <laughs> as you can imagine, Duke wasn't uh, a top 10 defense every year he was there, but uh, they had a couple of top 25 defenses. Again, not a lot of talent to deal with at Duke um, had some good offenses while he was there because David Cutcliffe was, was a good offensive coach. But I think overall during his eight years at Duke, um, that's also very good experience. I mean, you're, you're, again, you're coaching guys that are three-star kids, maybe some, maybe a good amount of two stars as well. And he did pretty well at Duke. And again, he did really well at Oklahoma state and Buckeyes got him three years, basically 2 million a season, technically 1.9 million a season, but get a signing bonus of over $150,000. So right there, he's making over 2 million the first year. And there's incentives in his contract. So he's basically making $2 million a year for a three-year contract. I love that. Ohio State, you know, that's what they needed to do. Oklahoma State made him a good offer to stay. As Mike Gundy said, kind of cried about. Mike Gundy, I'm a man, I'm 40. Started crying about Ohio State stealing his defensive coordinator. But he said Oklahoma State made him a good offer, but they were outbid, outbid significantly. So that's, you know, tip of the cap to Gene Smith and the boosters and everybody who made that happen. Um, uh, Jim Knowles. Love this hire. I think he's going to turn Ohio State's defense around right away, just like we saw when Chris Ash came in and just like we saw with Jeff Hathley come in. A good or great defensive coordinator, it doesn't take them a year. They're, they need spring ball and fall camp, and they're going to turn this defense into not a good defense, but a great defense. That's what Jim Knowles is going to do for this defense, in my opinion. He's got a bunch of returning starters at his disposal for the Buckeyes. And, you know, not just guys who are returning starters, but guys that are talented um, that I think he's going to coach up. So uh, be very excited about Jim Knowles taking over this defense. The, the days of Ohio State getting embarrassed on defense are over. Another thing I like about Jim Knowles, I've talked about this once on the show, I believe, is he's got a lot of Phil Jackson to his personality as far as the zen, the yoga, doing fun things with his team. Now, this next thing that I'm going to tell you is not really a Phil Jackson thing that I'm aware of. I don't think he did this with the Bulls or the Lakers. But what Jim Knowles will do as he's teaching his defense about the opposition that's coming up. He'll do it like almost like in a game show way. He'll quiz them and do like game shows. Literally, we'll do game shows with the players. He does fun stuff like that. That's not all they do to prepare for their opponent. They watch film like everybody else. But he breaks out. He'll do game shows with his guys. His players love him. 
Look at what some of the comments from the Oklahoma State players when he left. They all said nothing but great things about him, happy for him. They gushed about him. That tells you a lot when a coach is leaving and the players react like that. Um, so um, not only is he a technician, great defensive coordinator, but he's the type of guy off the field I think the players are really going to gravitate towards. And that's very important as a coach. You know, if you, it's one thing if you're really good at what you do, but you, the players don't really like you. Um, now, you, you know, there's a fine line. You're not there to be their buddy. But I think it does help when – Jim Knowles is the guy they're going to respect. There's no doubt about that. That's first and foremost. But, you know, your players knowing you love them, I think, is important. And you can have some fun while you're working your butt off. College football is a full-time hard job. It's a grueling sport all year round, not just when you're playing football. In fact, probably, <laughs> the actual games is probably a relief for those guys. Um, what Coach uh, Mickey Marotti does, I mean, it's a full-time job for these guys. Um, but they need to have some fun, too. And sounds like Jim Knowles checks all the boxes. We'll see. The proof will be in the pudding this fall. Like I said, we're – we don't need to wait till 2023 to find out. We'll know this year. And just like I said, coming into the season, we'll know, you know, we'll know about Kerry Combs. Uh, you can make the excuses about 2020. We will know early in the 2021 season about Kerry Combs. Man, I didn't think it was going to work out like that. I didn't think two games in, Brian Day was going to pull the plug and switch defensive coordinators. But we knew very early in 2021, we would know whether Kerry Combs was cut out to be a defensive coordinator. Now, looking back on it, it's pretty clear he was not cut out to be a defensive coordinator, never should have been hired and put into that position in 2020. Then all the excuses were made, you know, about, well, COVID, which seemed like, okay, you know, there were some legit excuses there, but still, they never should have looked like that bad of a defense in 2020. Um, so, hey, bottom line is Ryan Day finally got it fixed. Jim Knowles has taken over the defense. I absolutely love that. Real quick, college football playoff, just four days away. I think it's going to be Bama and Georgia in a rematch for the national championship game. We'll see. I mean, I, I hope Cincinnati upsets. Alabama, I don't see that happening. Bama is favored by 14. I think Cincinnati can give them a good game, but man, just never, never bet against Alabama in the playoffs. They just seem to be able to turn it on. And I bet against them seven years ago, right? The Buckeyes beat them uh, in that awesome Sugar Bowl. But seriously, I mean, I just, uh, you know, now if, if I was a gambling man, which I, I am at times, I'd probably just stay away from this game. 14 points is a lot. It's a good Cincinnati team. But if I had to bet on it, I'd probably bet on Bama to cover the spread, not just win. Um, there's just something about them. They can just turn it on like they did against Georgia in the SEC championship game. Keep in mind, Georgia was favored by six and a half in that game and Bama blew them out. Um, so we'll see about Georgia, Michigan, that game, uh, the point spread of seven and a half, Georgia's favored by seven and a half. I tend to think Georgia will win, but Michigan will cover. I think that's going to be a slugfest. Georgia, just their quarterback situation, not good at all. Um, Michigan, this, you know, they're a physical team, as we know, and uh, they might have just enough weapons on offense that they can run the ball with Haskins. Um, you know, but this Georgia defense is going to be like nothing that they've seen. It's, this is, and they're, I'm sure Michigan is just riding high off of, I know they are. I mean, think about it. I mean, beating Ohio State was their Super Bowl. You know, are they going to be able to get back up? They were able to get back up for Iowa. They blew out Iowa. And some, play, some people thought, yeah, maybe it's going to be tough to get up for Iowa, and they absolutely blew the doors off Iowa. But I tend to think Georgia's going to beat Michigan, and we're going to have a Alabama-Georgia rematch of the national championship and in that case i will pick alabama no shock there so we'll see what happens i'm looking forward to seeing the college football playoff on friday looking even more forward to seeing ohio state in the rose bowl five days from now well that is all from me on the observation deck thank you for joining me on this solo edition of the buckets morning five i hope everyone has a great day let's try the buckeye swag best in band in the land <laughs>